I think he wants us to pick up where he left off. You know, saving people, hunting things, the family business. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion Hey, ass butt Carry on What's up, nerds? Welcome to 30 and Nerdy Presents The Road So Far I am Tyler Mack, and I am here with my wayward brother, the Rev of Rants himself, Logan Roach. How are you, brother? What's up, man? It's been a minute. I'm it has. So happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last time we talked about two great episodes. To uh, refresh your all's memory, since it's been a few weeks, we talked about Home and Asylum. Mm-hmm. Two really good episodes, pinnacle episodes in building this void between Sam and Dean, this hostility between them. And these two episodes we've got coming up, uh, Scarecrow and Faith, plays even more into this thing that's building, this anger, this heat. Because where we last left off, we leave off with Papa Winchester finally making contact. Mm -hmm. And Sam just sits up and he's like, Dad, and so that's with Scarecrow. We're going into Scarecrow now, and we get to see that play out. Um, so let's get into it. First one episode we're talking about today is Scarecrow, directed by Kim Manners and aired on January 10th, 2006. Scored an 8.7 out of 10. And the synapses, after arguing about the search for their father, Sam and Dean split ways. Sam continues the search in California. Dean hunts the mysterious disappearances of passing through couples in an Indiana town. Great episode. So good. This is probably one of my one of the top ones in in season one. Mm-hmm. Maybe just because of the bad guy, because it's just like we, there's, we've, there's a Jeepers Creepers feel to yeah, it. Yeah, you definitely get that Jeepers Creepers feel. Obviously, it's this was before. Was it before Jeepers Creepers? Um, no, no, Deepers Creepers was before Supernatural. Oh, dang, so I mean, maybe they pulled it out because it, it definitely gives you that feel, and it's just the I guess like the morality of the town, too, is kind of interesting. Yes, it pulls both ways, which is interesting. So, it's a very nice episode. Very mm-hmm. juicy. How about you take us through your journal? Yes, yes, the book. And it's Burkittsville, Indiana, one year ago. And we have a lost couple comes into town and they're just, you know, vacationing. Uh, they're in love. And then the town, to me, even uh, when they pop up, seems a little bit too nice. Mm-hmm. Like everything's going, you know, really, really well. They have some car trouble. 
the people are like, oh, yeah, let me hook you up. There's a diner right downtown. Diner's like, yeah, we got this extra pie. You can have this pie. Just sit down and have a good time. And then they send them on their way. They fill up the gas, send them on the way after they fix the car. And then they break down in the middle of the road. And they're like, well, we can't just wait here. It's the middle of the night. We got to go find something. So they see a little house. They're walking through uh, this little orchid or uh what's the word i'm looking for orchid orchard orchard. (laughs) i'm an idiot orchard and it's late it's like it's not really that late it's 12 30 but anyway they're walking through and they're just like seeing everything everything's like kind of grown up and they kind of see this little uh scarecrow not little scarecrows kind of big scarecrow and it's not like your goofy cartoon scarecrow it's like if you see scarecrow from batman when he dusts you with his mm-hmm. duster and then it's like mm-hmm. scary crazy nasty and even i think the um girlfriend commented on it it was like that scarecrow is absolutely terrifying let's get out of here so they go up to the the house and then they just start hearing rustling and they're like oh, what's that look back at the scarecrow nothing's really happening and then it's a chase mm-hmm. and you get split up they're like, what's going on? Then they hear the guy scream, and the girl's like, where is it? Where are you at? Where are you at? And then she, for all intents and purposes, gets eat up. Yes. Whatever. Sacrificed. And that was a year ago. So we cut to the boys, and the phone call where we pick up, and it's, you know, Sam saying, Dad, and he asked, you know, a bunch of questions like, where are you at? Where you found it, right? So you found the thing that killed mom. And then he apologizes about, you know, Jess. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I, I would have done anything to keep you from that. I'm so sorry. And, you know, he's, I feel like we have this relationship with Sam and the father and then Dean and the father. So there's totally different vibes going in. They're all, mm-hmm. Sam and John, I feel like are always, kind of button heads and like Sam wants to understand why, what's, why, why do we have to go down this road? Why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And then Dean's relationships with him is he's completely trustworthy. And it's like mm-hmm. what he say, what John says is gospel. He's the, he's the soldier. Yeah. He's a soldier. He's like, do this. Okay. So Sam starts to ask like, where are you at? Like what's going on? And he goes, I can't really tell you much, but you need to stop, you know, follow me. I've mm-hmm. found this thing and it's not safe for you here. So you just need to stay away. And um, Dean ends up taking the phone was like, um, well, first he said, you need to write these names down. And then he's like, no, I don't want to write the names down. We need to come to you. Mm-hmm. He said, no, write these names down. Dean takes it and he's like, well, hey, where are you at, dad? And then he goes, names? Uh, yeah, I got a pen. I'll write them down. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, the first little scene. Now, is this the first time we hear John say it's a demon? I believe so. I okay. think he's like, it's a demon. And I'm on, its, does, I'm on its trail. Yeah, he does say it's a demon. He says it's not safe even for us to talk on the phone because I think his quote was, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. So... We saw in the uh, the passenger where they take over people, so they know they're doing like some, you know, body swapping, and they could be anybody, any mm-hmm. place, anytime, anywhere. So he's trying to be cautious, but at the same time, Sam wants answers. Dean 
is just saying, okay, we got to go save these people. We got a job to do. That's Mm -hmm. pretty much his creed. And then um, we were on the way and then uh, we're in baby on the road and Sam pulls over. He's like, "Uh, I just can't do this. Uh, We need answers. We don't need to be going off on, you know, a random trip right now. He traced the the phone, the area code. And he's like, it's a California number and we need to go help dad. And Dean goes, no, we got a job to do. We're, we're going to where dad told us. So this episode, is it the first time we've seen them split ways? Yeah. Right. This is, this is the first breakup. They, um, which I put Sam, woe is me as he (laughs) goes over there because he compares like Jess, like he goes, you don't know what I'm feeling right now because you haven't been through it. Even though, you know, he compared like, what were you like four when that happened to mom? It was six months ago when this happened to Jess. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that was a little unnecessary jab, but that's just me. So they, uh, Dean goes, you know, you know what, you're just selfish and you know, that's what I think about it. And he goes, well, I'm, I'm going to California and I'm going tonight. He goes, I'm going to leave you. Sam goes, well, that's what I want you to do. And then he goes by Sammy. So they, they split ways. There's no reconciliation at the time. They're just mad at each other and they split. So kind of goes to two different stories. We got Dean going toward the town and he's, you know, scouting, trying to figure out, uh, what's happening in the neighborhood and he's just I think he goes to the diner first and um, he actually I believe he stumbles upon the road and his EMF goes crazy and then he stumbles upon the scarecrow in the orchard and he notices that the tat on the uh, scarecrow's arm is the uh, tat that the gas station attendant mentioned or the daughter of the gas station attendant. Well, not daughter. Well, she she's a niece. niece. And she's like, oh, yeah, they had this tat, da, 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 and they went this way. So he noticed that, which was a little weird. And then he goes back toward the town. And then he cuts. And then Sam is at the bus stop, or goes and starts hitchhiking. And we this is the first time that we meet the uh, road hitchhiker, and her name is Meg. Meg Masters. Ooh, so that's a pretty significant meet. Like, you don't know it the first time around, Mm -hmm. but that's a pretty significant person going forward. Mm -hmm. I think their only little conversation that they had right at first, right at the beginning was like, hey, you told me, he's like, yeah, I was just, you know, seeing if you need any help. And then he's like, "The, uh, the truck comes up. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I need a ride. And he goes, you don't trust me, but you trust Creepy Van Guy. He's like, yeah, I do trust Creepy, or creepy Van Guy. And then that's really the only thing that we uh, get from them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Then we cut back to Dean, and then we um, kind of do our Scooby-Doo thing. And he sees a, he notices a couple that's in the diner, and he knows this is a car. Uh, faulty ends. And he's talking to the uh, the niece again. He's like, "Is it a uh, is it a couple, like a, a woman and a man?" He's like, "Yeah, they're in there." And the at this point, he uh, talks to uh, what was it, the mechanic? And he's you know trying to pull like a little 
Sam a little bit. It's like, you know what, man, you've got the prettiest smile I've ever seen or something goofy like that. And the guy was just looking at him like, what? He's like, you know, if my brother come in here and batted his eyes, that, that would have just worked on you. And, you know, he would have, you would have gave him everything that he wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, it sense like a little, like, man, I miss having my brother here with me doing all this stuff, which, you know, if you're hunting with your brother, just it's, it's meant to be. And then most of the uh, connection stuff were um, Dean coming back to town and then he kind of uh, breaks down. He goes back into the diner and he just, they feel like there's kind of like some like weird feels, weird vibes. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he learns that the breakdown because he goes to the college and he's learns that the uh, there's a pagan God, which the uh, professor of all this is kind of freaked out, not freaked out, but he's like, you know, this is just stories. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, yeah, hypothetically, speaking. hypothetically speaking, like what, what do you think this is? And he just um, talks about the uh, scarecrow and like all the uh, rituals. And he's like, it could be a pagan God and there's an annual killing cycle, which matches mm-hmm. up to, um, what was it? It was every year, uh, second week of like April or yes. something like that. Yes, uh, then, second week of April every year. And I think he called it um, Bonner. Mm-hmm. Some pagan god called the Bonner. Yeah. And it um, victims are always a man and a woman for a fertility right. Mm-hmm. So the niece mentioned that you know, it's crazy because this little town is just flourishing, like the farmland, like everybody that comes here always, you know. Just, it never rains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It never rains. And every she mentioned that everything surrounding the towns, you know, were just dying off. And it, I think she said uh, specifically it was like they, um, they were blessed. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> It said that, let me see, let me see. I think that Dean, at this point, after he just learns about the the rituals, he calls Sam and he, you know, saying, kind of beating around the bush, but saying he was missing him, telling him about the story and kind of say, you know, I'm not really good at this, but I just, you know, I'm, and then Sam's like cuts him off. He's like, I know, man. And they say, I love you. And, you know, you can do your own thing. And Dean said he's proud of Sam and, you know, for being the person that he is. So I feel like they try to pit the animosity sometimes, but they're still brothers. They still Mm -hmm. love each other. So that's, that's never going away. And at this point, they, uh, Dean goes into the diner and he sees the, uh, the woman and the man there and he, it's Scotty. That's the name I was looking for. The sheriff guy, or the mechanic guy is uh, Scotty. He goes, Hey, what's up, Scotty? And Scotty's like, what is this guy still doing here? And he goes, I get that uh, coffee, make it black. And he just, you know, small talking. The- it's a pie too, Scotty. Yeah. It's a pie too. So he's just kind of cutting up with the, the couple and he figures out that this is what they're doing. The town is, pretty much sacrificing these people. So he tries to get them out of there as quick as he can. And then the sheriff pops uh, Dean with a shotgun as he comes out. And 
because he sends the couple on the way and tells them just to get out of there and all that good stuff. So what we come to find out that Dean is pretty much taking the place of the guys that he sent away because the town is pretty much in turmoil of we have to make these sacrifices to appease the God, which is the scarecrow. Um, and then once he gets shot or not shot with, <laughs> once he gets shot with the shotgun, once he gets tagged with once the shotgun, he dies, once he dies, and it's over, supernatural is over. The uh, they put him down in the uh, basement of the house, and they actually get the niece as well and put her mm-hmm. down there. And it gets to Sam at the bus state or bus stop with surprise, surprise, Meg. She is there as well. And they're kind of like tagging and just talking back and forth. And Dean or Dean, Sam is kind of telling her about Dean and how, you know, he's kind of leaving Dean behind because we're just not getting along. And then he hasn't heard from Dean in about, I think he says about three hours or a couple hours, however many hours. And he says, that's just not like Dean and Meg kind of puts him back to where, it's like, hey, well, why are you going back to your brother? Weren't you trying to escape from him? Like, you mm-hmm. left him. So, like, why are you going back? And he's like, well, family's family. It's not like him to do that. So I have to go back to to Indiana. So they're discussing with um, – they take him out and tie them up to this tree because Dean also finds out that there has to be like a uh, tree to like, it's kind of like a tree of life, I guess. Mm-hmm. So as long as that tree is going in the spot of land, then the God is appeased by, mm-hmm. I guess through that, that's like his link to the, yeah. the land. The land. And that's what Dean was going to try to pretty much burn down and uh, tear up. But the uh, aunt, the uncle, and everything when they're tying them to this so they can, you know, sacrifice her. Kept going. I think, what was the uh, quote she said? That's what sacrifice means, giving up something for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So even though that that's family, that's her niece, that's, you know, who she's supposed to be loving, she goes, we're sacrificing you for the good of the community or the greater good. She kept saying for the greater good. Yeah, she said things like, you don't understand you're you know what you're doing you know you're you're going to save us mm-hmm. you know you should be happy you should be proud that you're going to save the town mm-hmm. <laughs> i remember watching it going like shut the hell up somebody no. hit this woman <laughs> and once they're tied up and they're pretty much just gonna let the niece and dean get sacrificed but in a flip of the fates, Sam actually saves the day for Dean. And he comes and it's a fight between the aunt and the uncle. And it's the brothers uh, reunite. Sam uh, comes in and saves the uh, saves the day, cuts them loose. And the scarecrow actually the uh, aunt and uncle instead of the yes. and Gets he, a, a scythe through the chest. Yeah, so he he's uh, big bad, and then they burn the tree at the end of that because I don't think he actually tried to do anything 
like to stop him from the tree. Once he got his sacrifice, he no, was like, he got he got his man and woman. And then he was like, "Okay, deuces." The cop was like, "I'm getting out of here." <laughs> I, know. I know, which kind of like takes the uh, morality of the town into account because they've been sacrificing everybody for years upon mm-hmm. years, and which kind of makes you think like, is that sacrifice worth? what they were doing oh my gosh like when when the uh the niece tells the story about like it's like well how long has that tree been there and she goes lord i don't know i think they brought it over on a ship hundreds of years ago in this little town so i mean it came over to the to america from europe when they migrated uh so it's just been here since the town was born I was like, my God, that's thousands of people dead, sacrificed Mm -hmm. for the quote-unquote greater good of this small town. (laughs) Thinking you're doing right by something, (laughs) sacrificing whoever. Which I think the cop actually says, like, we're not killing any of these people. And then Mm -hmm. he was like, well, you sure buried a lot of clothes and Mm -hmm. removed a lot of bodies. Yeah, you've hit a lot of cars on in your day yeah so after that we have our uh stacy leaves on a bus and goes away so i guess she's got to deal with some things her (laughs) aunt and uncle (laughs) tried to kill her in the uh the cellar and sacrifice her to a uh a god so a norse god so she's got to deal with that and then the brothers reunite. They said, if we're doing this, we're doing it together. So they had their little split for a moment, but it was very short-lived. And I think it was kind of good through the episode just to kind of put you in the mode of like, we're very two different people. Mm-hmm. Like we, we deal with things different. We're, you know, we handle ourselves different. But at the end of the day, we're still brothers and we're still mm-hmm. going to handle our business because it's the family business and they got to take care of it. <clears throat> so we cut and then Meg is on the road again and she tries to find another hitchhiker guy and he picks her up and she turns and just murks the dude. <laughs> she goes, I've, I've got I need to, make, to make a call. <laughs> I need to make a call. And then she slits the dude's throat and then gets all the blood in a cup. And she's just talking to this blood about Sam. Mm. And at that point I was like, what the frick is Meg? Is she like a spy? Is she some sort of assassin? Uh, demon? She goes, I think her uh, opening quote to the blood is like, yes, father. Yeah. So it was like, well, like, we, we've grown accustomed to this, and I don't want to sound misogynistic here, but we've grown accustomed to the supernatural formula, like the, uh, not lead, but like the next player, if it's an attractive girl, they're usually a one-off episode mm-hmm. person, and we've grown accustomed to that in these first few episodes, we're like, we're probably never going to see this character again. But that at the end, that slicing of the throat and talking to the goblet, like who she talking to, immediately makes you think like, oh, Meg's not done. Yeah, she's probably see her again. 
next episode. Yeah, like, we're, like, we're going to see Meg again. She didn't get killed, and she's not a good guy, obviously. So we'll probably see Meg again, and that was a change for us. We were like, ooh, okay. Which is funny, too, though, because she was very sweet to Sam. Mm-hmm. So she's Laying it on thick, too. Yeah, like even telling him to everything him he to... wants to hear, like let's go together, let's let's travel together, finally, and just very friendly with him. So she's sent by somebody. We don't mm-hmm. know who yet, but she for Sam. <laughs> yeah. And and that's when we're like, okay, that's kind of our first hint at there's a bigger picture for Sam. Why do they want Sam? Mm-hmm. Why is she so keen on? And she's like, I could have killed Dean. I almost had Sam. I almost had him. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, I could have taken Dean. Why won't you let me? Yeah. And then she's yeah. like, okay, man. yes, Father. Mm-hmm. I understand. Like he said, I got a plan. There's some type of plan afoot. It almost makes you like imaging. Like there's this there's this old comedian that I love. Uh, I usually go to bed to uh, classic stand-up comedy, not like comedy with cussing because i feel like if i go to bed with cussing comedy like lewis black i'll have bad dreams and wake up angry i still listen to lewis black but i go to bed to like evan costello bob newhart stuff like that well bob newhart who plays uh papa elf in the movie elf yeah when he was younger he was a stand-up comedian and he does these bits where he's like imagine this is the conversation going on and i think it'd go a little bit something like this what he does so well is he makes you see the other person on the other line talking like they're not there with him on stage, but the way he delivers it and the way his pauses are, you're almost filling in the conversation on the other side of the phone. And they do that here. Like you're almost seeing whoever she's talking to saying like, no, I have a plan. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yes, father. And he's like, come meet me. Yes, she gave you that like Dean vibe at first, where it's like we're just going in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Got to rein her back a little bit." No, 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 no. You've got a you got a mission. And there's that that similar end to the beginning. Dean gets on the phone with his dad. Mm-hmm. Immediately, was like, "Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I've got the coordinates." And then flash forward to Meg, and you see that similar like, "Okay, yes, sir. I'll do what you have to say." Yeah. So it's like, ooh, she's the soldier yeah. for somebody. We don't know yet. Somebody. So in this uh, episode, biggest takeaways. Biggest takeaways. Um, I loved the Jeepers Creepers feel, uh, especially being, I don't know why I'm a fan of the movie, because especially the third movie and the, se- the second one, which Meg's, act- the girl who plays Meg, is actually in the sequel. Of Jeepers Creepers. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> that is true. And so, that's funny. I don't know yeah, why I'm joking because it's so there. stupid. It's 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 such a stupid. Movie. The first one's not so bad because it's creepy. The first one was a very good horror. Movie. Yes. The second one was your classic goofy like scream type horror movie, yes. but not like this. Definitely and scream. Three type, is not the standard garbage, my friend. Three, three is just the worst. It's awful, bro. It's when the, the truck is in, like... It's the bad guy. When the truck's a character. He freaking... This guy's running through the field, and he, like, has a spike that comes out of the truck. Like, a full football field. He tags this dude and drags him back. 
and the, like the, it's like, like the truck positioned itself too. Like, mm, let me feel the point, wind. I was like, no, this is I, terrible. I, to this day, I have not finished that movie. Yeah. So, I love that feel though, that aspect, because it also kind of reminded me. Yeah. Because like when they were driving, and you mm-hmm. see him in the field, he just turns his head. He just turns. You're like, what the. And it also reminded me of that Goosebumps episode with the Scarecrows. It had yeah. that vibe. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, and now, just creepy. thanks to that Goosebumps and Jeepers Creepers and this episode of Supernatural, I can't look at Scarecrows the same. If I see them, I'm like... Mm-hmm. And like in a cornfield by myself and saw that, I'd be like, no, nope, <laughs> no, no, no. I know where I this is just... going. <laughs> I would I would go back to the car, get whatever I needed phone wise, and just start sprinting down the road. I would leave the car. And I think my second takeaway, probably the biggest takeaway, is this is the first episode where we see the aspects of there's a plan at work mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Someone is puppeteering people now at this point to come across the boys yeah they're moving their pawns at this point and we're like there's a bigger scenario happening behind the scenes Mm -hmm. than just two brothers trying to find their dad yeah so those are my two biggest takeaways uh mine personally i already talked about with you know the brothers have different mindsets different ways Mm -hmm. of handling things but at the end of the day, they're family and they're in this together, which, you know, I always love. I, I feel like you can't have a good relationship without having some turmoil in mm-hmm. it because if you don't have that, you can't test what your relationship really is. Yeah. So if you come back to it and, you know, it, it's stronger for that, then, you know, the turmoil, you know, it makes you better for it. But uh, second was who what is meg like mm-hmm. what is she what what's going on that it's that, she's definitely going to be a, a player down the road mm-hmm. and i'm curious very curious also i put i've got one more and then like a query maybe three i put john wants to be solo that kind of stood out to me because mm-hmm. he made it very adamant to sam like right off the rip he was like you don't need to be around this. You there's mm-hmm. demons trying to get everywhere and I don't want you near it at all, which, you know, could be a good thing because he's trying to protect his boys, but it could be a bad thing because he's keeping them out of the loop and they don't know what to look for. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of figure that out down the road. And the last thing I was wanting to ask you is like, this r- whole episode was kind of, I feel like, these both of these episodes really is kind of testing your morality of situations when it comes to life and how do you feel about you know sacrificing the the small or like the maybe even necessary in their mind in the town for the overall greater good or would you ever go past that you know that line where obviously our boys wouldn't cross of like no you can't anybody because you know at that point then you're no better than whatever you're sacrificing you know yeah the 
the moral conundrum that this episode kind of introduces us to, uh, you know, when met with these kind of these kind of questions or um, what these episodes make us think, I think about like modern day politics or if this were a real situation and say a, because if you think about it, they are somewhat of an autonomous government within that town. Yeah. The, the store owner, the cafe owner, the cop, the college professor. It's like this little, uh, very, there's like this group of six or seven. They're acting as a government almost, if you will. Mm -hmm. Because nobody else in the town probably knows anything about it. Just these people. And I think, put it on a bigger scale. If the American government or the European government or whatever was running this way, sacrificing lives for the greater good of the whole, you would look at it as, that's that's monstrous. We're we're killing people? Like, we're, we're letting people die. Yeah, you're not pulling the trigger, but neither did Jigsaw. But they still hunted him. Because he was of uh, Matrix, almost. You see, like all the benefits of you know what you're going through, and it's like, well, you know, it's it's pretty easy right now. But once you unplug, it's like, oh, this is a lot worse than mm-hmm. what I thought it was. You know, it's kind of absolutely like a, a hollow happy. And 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 bec- you even see it start to be questioned, even by one of the this this autonomous the uncle at one point is even like, well, why does it have to be her? Yeah. Why do Especially we have to use niece, her? This is my niece. I love her. Like, why her? At that point. And then the woman is so stone cold. His yeah. wife is just like, yeah, she's like, it has to be done. And he's just like, I'm so sorry. Like, he's so remorseful because this is probably the first time they've had to sacrifice anyone in their little circle. Yeah. I mean, they have to in their minds. The husband's sister. Mm-hmm. Must have been. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I feel like it's a good uh, episode, though. Mm-hmm. Very strong bad guy, very good moral dilemmas. We had character development. We get new characters. I, and this is our first uh, pagan god. Yes. Which, first god. in this road so far, we need a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And Was it uh, Veneer? He is the first. Yes. You know, he could be one first and he's it. Yes. And uh, I enjoy it. I got a little trivia here. Uh, this is the first episode uh, that the title of the episode shows up on the screen. Ooh. It says Scarecrow across it. This is the first episode that they did that. I was uh, wondering because, uh, or maybe it was in the next one, What there was something I was trying to look for the. Uh, where they're at, like the, the town, because the they usually flash it across. Yeah. When they pull into a town, they usually either show you a sign or they'll do it digitally in the bottom corner. Um, the plot is heavily reminiscent of Neil Gaiman's novel American Gods. Um, Eric Kripke has cited Neil Gaiman and American Gods as huge influences for his show Supernatural. Uh, the college professor that Dean meets is William B. Davis, better known as the Smoking Man from the show X Files. And Kripke has also said 
that he takes a lot of inspiration from X-Files as well. And nice. a lot of actors. There are a like lot it. of actors that show up in Supernatural that if you watched X-Files, you're like, hey, that's... I feel like X-Files is uh, kind of before my time. I feel like if I was older, I would have enjoyed mm-hmm. it a lot more. Well, we were when it was in its prime, we were still kids. Yeah, very little. Not watching X-Files. We were watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? And Goosebumps yeah. and Power Rangers and stuff like that. And Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. We so weren't watching live action stuff when yeah. X-Files was in its prime. I feel like if we went back and watched it, that would be pretty fun too. And you would see a lot of people where you'd be like, hey, they're in Supernatural. Oh. <laughs> um, after getting the call from their father, Sam and Dean are, have an argument about where they go next. Sam says, we're going to California. Uh, going to California is a Led Zeppelin song, which ironically foreshadows Dean later using the name John Bonham, the late drummer of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Scotty, he goes, Scotty's like, a Led Zeppelin drummer? I'm a Led Zeppelin drummer? Hard rock fan? No, hard rock fan, are you, Scotty? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he, he looks at the scarecrow and he says, uh, I only had a brain. That's obviously a reference to Wizard of Oz. I had to put that in there because I played the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. One of the contacts in Dean's phone is Carmelita, a character from the supernatural-created fake porn site Casa Erotica, featured frequently on the show. So he apparently has Carmelita's phone number in his phone. Why he would have that, (laughs) I don't know. Um, and the last one, Dean mentions that he checked in Salem looking for his friends. Salem is the town that Days of Our Lives takes place, which he starred as Eric before he was Dean. He left Days of Our Lives to play Dean Winchester. Uh, and they recast Eric in Days of Our Lives. Said that he had a, the storyline was he had a face reconstruction <laughs> to explain why a different actor is playing Eric. Well, I'm glad he did. I know. That was a win for us. <laughs> a win for us. I did, I did watch some of the days of my lives with my grandmother when I was younger. Her stories. Yeah, like... Whenever uh, stories yeah, came stories. on. Stories, that's what it is. My stories are playing. My stories, put them on. <laughs> Nanny, you turn that video game off, Tyler? My stories are playing. Mom watched it some, probably because of Nanny. Nanny, she had it on like every morning. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's probably. I would, I would just be like, "There's like four mainstream shows: Days of Our Lives, Guiding Light, As the World Turns." I was like, "How do you keep these characters together?" Yeah. yeah, I know. I wonder how they long they ran because, like, every day was some a of them are still story, right? Yeah, some of, some of them are still going. Is that, they is are that technically the longest running show. That's what I was fixing to say because, like, WWE always claims. Yeah, but they have to be. But no, Days of Our Lives and and Guiding Light are the longest running shows. Yeah, some of those guys are still on it from when Mm -hmm. when they watched it back in the day. And the money these people make. (laughs) My my cousin Taylor did a stint on one. He was just like a five arc character Uh in one. So, So he only had to work a week. So he literally was like in a week's length of time. Yeah. 
He made a killing. Big bills. I was like, I was like, I'm pursuing the wrong thing. Take that. <laughs> Put it in the bank. <laughs> Put it in the bank. Put that shit in the bank. Anything else for Scarecrow, brother? No, that's a good one, man. That's uh, that's one of my favorites. I, I feel like just the tugging back and forth with Dean and Sam, just the the town, like everything we've already talked about. But it's it's definitely up there for season one for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wonder soul. Wonder soul. Wonder soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wonder Soul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wonder Soul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wonder Soul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. All right. And we are back. Let's get into the next episode of Conversation. And that is Faith. Cause you gotta have faith, So this was directed by Alan Croker, and it aired on January seventeenth, two thousand six. Scored an eight point nine out of ten, higher rating than the Scarecrow episode. Do you agree? No, probably not. You like Scarecrow better. Yeah, I do like I think it. I do, too. It's, it's definitely... This one is more story-driven. Mm-hmm. It's more like a uh, thinker-type episode, which I like because it mm-hmm. does have a little swirl at the end, which is very nice. It does. And we get another episode where, like you talked about in the previous one, a moral conundrum. And we get an introduction of a bad... We do get an introduction which is uh, probably one of my favorite bads in like the whole series. I love them. Really? Well, especially when maybe, you meet Tessa. Yeah. I, I like all of them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say it right now. Yes. But like the we'll get to it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The boss. The boss. Yes. Gotcha. So after Dean is fatally injured on a case, Sam thinks he's found a cure in a preacher who performs miracles. However, after they discover that these miracles are not as holy as advertised, the brothers race to stop them before another innocent life is sacrificed. More sacrificing. Sacrifice, man. You always got to sacrifice with these kids. Mm-hmm. This is a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. Not Nothing without a good, good sacrifice. sacrifice. <laughs> well, this is a good one, though. This. So I uh, have our uh, Batman entrance i said we find our heroes hunting (laughs) weapon taser we find brother and sister in an abandoned house gets the bad shock and he goes down they have the tasers we do Mm -hmm. find kids in the uh, cabinet Mm -hmm. abandoned house downstairs but somebody's messing with the plumbing don't know if this specific ghost just went haywire and flooded the basement but or if there's a rain the previous day and it flooded the basement <laughs> but there's water everywhere and they pick tasers god knows why 
they did not watch Bill Nye. It's good. <laughs> you gotta, I mean, but when they picked it out, Dean did mention that it was a, a hundred thousand volts. Mm-hmm. So they got the big boys. And these are not tasers you play with like we did that night at your dad's house. <laughs> <laughs> you do it, bro. No, bro. I'm not doing that. You do it. You do it first. Do it. You do it. Oh, shit, boys. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you got to love those nights. <laughs> but we find the kids. They get them out of there. Sam takes the kids out, and uh, Dean stays and fights. He shoots one taser. It goes off and doesn't hit anything. So Sam throws him his taser as he's going up the stairs. And then do we find out what this thing is? Did they say? I have it written down here. It's the only time that we see this creature. And uh, they call it a raw head. It looked like the only a thing zombie we call to it. me. Like, it looked it like, like a type of leather face zombie. Yeah, it, I mean they it, they called it a raw head. Is what Dean called it. A raw head? Raw head. Cuz I no. I had my notes and I went back I was like and we never see this thing? creature again. <laughs> it's like but not hey, for the same reason as Wendigo. Hey, what do we got in the back? <laughs> the leather face? The smooth ah. mask from the Dollar General. <laughs> but anyway, Put it on this guy. I want you to run in. (laughs) Just don't say anything. Just growl. Kind of like zombie. Kind of not. I don't know. Because it kind of also looked like the hills have eyes. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, is this just a what you put together? Incest cannibal? Is that what this is? This is not their best attempt at like a a bad guy creature hunt. Yeah, not their best, but. Mm -mm. The episode's great, but this start, you're just like... Yeah, we're making it kind of a bigger deal than it is. You don't see him very much. You see him very quick. You just kind of... You see the Wendigo more than you see this guy. Yeah, you do. So I don't know why we're making a big deal. Probably because of the face, but (laughs) he's trying his best. (laughs) So Dean misses the first shot. He gets uh, Sam's um, taser. He tases this guy, and I assume that kills him. With the 100,000 volts. So I guess he might be alive. His heart just exploded or... I don't know. It doesn't really go into detail, but we know that they said at first... They kind of set it up like this is the only thing that killed it. Yeah, the and we're going for the big guns. And why, <laughs> why are we picking this part apart? But why does this crazy, goofy dude have the kids in the closet? Did he put them there or are they hiding from him? They're hiding from him. I don't know. It's... <laughs> oh. There's anyway, not a lot of places it. to hide, though, down there. So he's <laughs> just an idiot. <laughs> you can't check the one place you got... that doors close on. We go down the basement. There's nothing except a cupboard, and he does not look in it. <laughs> They're definitely not in there. They're... Nah, I'm not going to look in there. Anyway. Look in this corner. <laughs> so Dean shoots him. The zombie ghoul fighting type guy falls down. <laughs> and then the water is, you know, a good inch or two thick. And then mm. he goes down. It shocks him. And then electricity, conductor in the water, straight to Dean. And mm-hmm. Dean passes out. 
And then Sam runs down, gives a good little Dean. And then they're off to the hospital. It was a shocking answer. It was a shocking of the dense. Where's Juice with the sound effects? But that was interesting. They, it was a good opening to kind of feel like the action and like it's very high stakes. But then mm. I just feel like the the bad guy kind of dropped it off. Well, it's almost it. like they opened with what the third act of a normal episode would be. Yeah, going to the house, they're going against the creature, they're finding the people they have to save. So mm. we're opening this episode with this, like a mini episode, assuming that they've previously like come to the town because they've seen something in the newspaper, they done their research, it. scooped it out. But they're opening the episode with what would normally be the end of an episode. I feel that. Yeah, that's a good assessment. I like that. I'm trying to, to salvage the shit we <laughs> talked about. <laughs> anyway, we go and we're in the hospital. And he says that Dean is actually on the path to die. And we've got to keep him comfortable. So he has, I think that he says, a month left. Mm-hmm. So Sam goes in there and then, you know, Dean's wisecracking, like we've got a bunch of choices to make. He's like, buddy, the only, you know, thing that we got a choice to make about is if I'm, you know, a burial or pretty much. uh, I said we just go to Vegas, Sam. (laughs) He's just joking. If I get incinerated or am I, you know, a burial and he's just going back and forth. He's like, it's a tough call, Sammy, but, you know, this is a tough gig and I just, you know, got to clock out early. And Sam obviously is not having it, Mm -hmm. which it sometimes is, you know, to their benefit, sometimes not, but they're just cocky in what they do. They just, Mm -hmm. you know, they know like things aren't normal for them. So there has to be a way. So it's like not where he can go. Okay. Well, this is what happened. He had a heart attack. He had a massive heart attack from the electricity. I'm just going to sit here for six months or a month or whatever it has let him pass. It's obviously, he actually calls John mm-hmm. Papa Winchester didn't answer. And then he said through his book, he found a couple of, you know, friends and he said, we got this healer. So that's their first dart shot. And they're like, Hey, we're going to Nebraska for a healer. So it's like a, kind of like a revival setup, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, old school Baptist tent revival going on. Yeah, like literally like that. So it's like a big tent, and um, they're walking through it. Dean is very <laughs> reluctant the whole way. He's like, this big is tent, stupid. tons of old white people. It is a Southern Baptist tent <laughs> revival. And uh, as we go through the cr- uh, crowd, we see uh, Layla, which is mm-hmm. Dexter's wife. Yes, it Rita. is. And I was like, hey, Dexter. <laughs> nice. And is it me or is she play like the exact same character? Yes. Like she is like literally what she is in Dexter's life. I mean, I've only seen her in this and Dexter. I've not seen her in this. I know. But... <laughs> That's her whole career. <laughs> That's just, she's only done these, this one episode and Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we go into the tent revival. Dean's like, let's just chill in the back. And then Sam's like, no, 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 no. There's two seats up here way in the front, like two rows back. And it's pretty much what you said. It's like he's pretty much like a Baptist, you know, 
healer. He's, you know, the Lord is, you know, there's craziness going on in the world, but the, the Lord is going to help us. Mm-hmm. And um, what did Dean say? I, I didn't write that down specifically, but he's like, yeah, the Lord's going to help us if we pay enough or something mm-hmm. like that, or some little quick whip. And then that caught the, the preacher man's attention. He's like, why'd you say that for? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my bad. I just, you know, kind of joking. He's like, no, come up here. And then they were going back and forth a little bit because Dean was like, nah, I, I'm pick somebody else. I'm not really, you know, that type. Uh, and Sam was like, no, that's literally what we came here for. Go, go up. And then he's battling back and forth. And then he, they make like a big deal about his hands all the time. So he's like doing his little hand thing in the camera. He's like, pray with me congregation then he puts his hands up and then he puts his hands on dean just his top of his head and then dean kind of goes weak in the knees and then passes out yeah and this minister is blind yes he is blind so he's i never understood why he didn't heal himself <laughs> i know right he's got the uh the glasses on and all that good stuff and he Right before Dean like blacks out, he does see like a little glimpse of this man in a uh, like a suit before yes. he goes away. So he was kind of reluctant. So he comes to, and um, he just says, I, "I just don't feel right about it. Like something feel I feel fine heart wise." So they go like to the doctor and get checked out, and they say everything's fine with Dean, and he just feels odd. He said he, he doesn't feel good about it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So they go and well, they split up. And then uh, Sam goes and checks on this guy that died, I think like at 417, mm-hmm. something that's close in the town. And uh, Dean goes and has like a meeting with the, uh, the preacher. And the preacher told him, about his uh, cancer, it said that took his eyes from him, and you know about that time is when you know he started feeling a lot better. And after you know the cancer went away, he you know started realizing he can heal people. Mm-hmm. And then Dean asked him, he goes, "Why did you pick me?" He goes, "Because you're a young man with a purpose, and your job is not yet done." which I think that kind of is interesting because it is kind of like the guy's kind of shady with it, but that kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like Dean can't die. He does have a purpose. Yeah. He's a young man with a purpose and his job's not done. So that was kind of, you know, interesting. Mm -hmm. And then Dean walks out and then you see Layla and her mom as they kind of cross. So you learn that, um, they said that the, the preacher, he's tired. He's going to rest right now. And then the mom was getting all crazy and mad. He's like, we've been here for six months and, you know, she, he's still not picked her. So we find out that Layla, she actually has a brain tumor and she's never been picked. So that's why her mom's getting kind of just, she said, I think her quote was like, I've, I've prayed until I can't pray anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pray harder. So it, it's kind of kind of playing on. And that hits the nail on the head with where a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There are millions of people walking around today saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, and not just in 2020. 
with, with all the hell that's happened. But in their lives, they're saying that stuff. Like, I prayed so hard, I, I just can't pray anymore. Yeah, it's kind of just playing on hopelessness. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, Sam actually finds out, I forgot the guy's name. What was the guy's name that had passed? I can't remember. He was. Uh... Or the girl's name. It was the girl's name. Yes. And uh, Sam finds out that the uh, healings are actually linked to this. So the the way that it's portrayed, the preacher heals somebody like just an example for Dean from a uh, heart problem, then somebody else has to sacrifice their heart or mm-hmm. they die for the same reason. So it must be traded. So one life is traded for another. So they automatically say, well, there's only one thing that can trade life like that, that they know of from the book. And I just put a uh, line by itself and I said, enter Reapers. <laughs> and then Dean just brings it up. It's like, he goes, it has to be a Reaper because that's the only thing that can do that. And Sam was like, well, yeah, maybe, I, I don't know. It's because he was kind of reluctant for it. And Dean was like all about it because I think Sam was, his line was like, well, I didn't see it. So, I mean, I guess it maybe could be that. And Dean was like, yeah. all right, Mr. Psychic, I see everything. It, I saw it and I'm telling you it's, it's a reaper. So then at that point they were kind of just racking their brains. And he goes, I did see a cross in the tent like on the uh, stand and he goes, um, was it, it's a tarot. Yeah. So that's, um, pretty much just a device that the, uh, old religious people use when they were kind of using black magic to kind of fool people. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. pure religious people. It was just like people that were trying to use black magic to do underhanded things Mm -hmm. and then they kind of break it down to like there has to be a spell or a book or something that we have to find so i put scooby-doo time so they go back and break into the house to find clues and poor uh layla because she finally gets picked for this uh congregation to be you know I'm, I'm finally chosen. And then Sam finds the little black book, but he knows now that, you know, the, uh, at the moment, I don't know why I'm saying this like this, cause it kind of give it away. But at the moment we think that the preacher is choosing people that he thinks are immoral because mm-hmm. they go find the, uh, the book and it's like a, a, like a dark book to where like the, uh, people that were using black magic kind of pinpointed to control reapers. So it was mm-hmm. like a, a binding spell. That's mm-hmm. what I was looking for. So lately gets chosen and you can't see reapers either. So Sam is trying to find the, there was like this guy that was outside saying this, he's not the, the truth. It's not really healing. Da, 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 da. So she picked this particular guy at this point to just say, Hey, we, we can't do it anymore so we're going after this dude so sam's trying to find the guy that's calling him out and he, he can't see him so he's just like well where is he where is he because he was the guy that sam talked to in the the pool was saying that the guy that was yelling or the girl that was yelling 
and stuff was seeing things that, that wasn't there. So mm-hmm. it was like they were thinking he was crazy because he was seeing the Reaper. You can't see Reapers unless they're coming after you, mm-hmm. which I wonder if that's true. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. And then after uh, Dean uh, yells fire in the tent and poor Layla doesn't get her healing, she uh, Sam says that it's still after the guy because he's trying to do the, the Reaper puts his hand on the one person to steal the life and then he goes back to heal mm-hmm. to give the life. So he's saying that, you know, the guy is laying on the ground still trying to figure out, you know, what, something's happening. So Dean figures out that it's Sue Ann, which is preacher's wife. She's mm-hmm. in the corner, like praying in the tent. And then Dean turns her around and is like, what are you doing? She has the cross in her hand, you know, uh, scripting Latin. <laughs> she's like, uh, back nothing. I, I practice Latin daily. I, it's just, you know, it's just my thing. But then she screams help and the police get there, which, why are there two policemen there? That's funny. Why? What's going on? She probably Are they hired guns? What's going on? Maybe it's just another small town. We deal with a lot of small towns. So, yeah. but anyway, they uh, say, you need to get out of here. You give them the classic Dean and uh, Sam. Hey, you need to get out of here or we're going to throw you in jail type deal. <laughs> or what does he say? What was that line? He said, you got to get out of here. Or I'm going to show you something about the Lord. I can't remember that line. What was it? You remember? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll get back to it. I'll next episode, episode 13. I'll tell you, I'll rewatch it. But anyway, they obviously come back because Dean overhears that um, the preacher is going to give Layla a uh, private, like hearing and they'll heal her mm-hmm. like tonight. So they were saying that since Sue Ann's got Dean in his or inner sights, they're obviously probably going to sacrifice Dean. Mm-hmm. So they come back and then Dean takes care of the cops because the cops are stationed at night. And then he's like, Hey, and he says the line again. I can't remember what the line was, but he's like, are you going to show me blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, get over here. So he chases them out. And then Sam um, finds out that Sue Ann is in the basement or like the uh, cellar of the house. And then he finds like the, uh, the altar with like the blood sacrifices. And um, I think they did mention the bind. It had to be like human blood and like bones and stuff like that. That's incarnated uh, with just like that spell to bind the reaper. And he finds that, but she ends up, getting out of the cellar and locks the uh, cellar where Sam can't get out. So he's in there and you think he's trapped. And then Dean sees the Reaper and then he's not running or anything. He just kind of was like, well, this is happening now. And then the Reaper puts his hand on Dean and then preacher man is praying for Layla in the tent. And then Again, which is another thing, Sam said, this is Sam's two episodes of mm-hmm. just saving the day. Sam breaks out of the uh, cellar through the window and then grabs uh, Sue Ann's uh, cross, throws it down, breaks the blood off the cross, and then the Reaper gives like this really oh, weird creepy like, smile. Yeah, this really weird smile. And he's like, oh. oh, oh. I'm free. I'm off the leash, baby. I'm off the leash. Because, yeah, Sam did actually say that. He's like, 
man, if he's got a reaper and that's what it really is, it's like putting a dog leash on a great white. Mm -hmm. So right when the reaper gets done with his thing, he pretty much teleports right to Sue Ann and just murks her real Mm -hmm. quick. Like there is no pause at all in that. So he, he just banishes, doesn't even say thank you to Dean or anybody. Yeah. He just has like a weird smile and he's like out, out boys. And then at the end of it, we kind of, I feel like I, I felt pretty bad for, uh, uh, Layla the whole time. I did too. Cause you feel like, it really tugs on your heartstrings about the morality about it too, because Dean is fighting himself through the whole episode mm-hmm. for like, you know, if, you know, I lost my life, then she could have had it. Or if I, you know, didn't come there at all, maybe she would have got chosen and it was just kind of weighing on him. And, you know, the t- the title of the episode, I mean, Layla had so much faith and she never lost it. Mm-hmm. And she even looks at Dean and says like, find something else. If not, then I don't. Mm-hmm. And it just hits him right there. And then he uh, says, because um, Sam actually called Layla at the end of the episode because they're in their you know, hotel and he's kind of feeling down. And then Layla comes to say goodbye. And she goes, I, I feel good about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, even though he put you know his hands on me because she didn't see the any of the behind the scenes with the Reaper or anything. Mm-hmm. She was just in the tent getting healed and mm-hmm. then nothing happened. And she's like, I, I feel good about this either way. And he goes, I'm not a praying person. You know, I, I usually don't do that, but I'm going to be praying for you. And she goes, well, that's a miracle right there. Mm-hmm. And just walks out, kind of leaves you with that, like, good feel coming off the end of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So this episode kind of uh, gives you that same feel. I feel like Scarecrow and this, it kind of goes hand in hand, which is, you know, good that we are doing these two couples because mm-hmm. it also questions the sacrifice of life and the morality of what you do to sacrifice that life. Like if, and it also my takeaway, biggest takeaway, probably my only takeaway is mm-hmm. not just the blind faith, but the immorality that some people will go to because of the faith they have. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, I mean, you think about you know faith in christianity the crusades that was mm-hmm. all in the name of faith well and to sue ann she kept repeating through this whole episode it's god's will it's, mm-hmm. it's god's will it's god's will and even with you know she said in the cellar you know dean's not a good person she doesn't know that she doesn't know yeah. dean at all she just knows that she got caught and she's trying yeah. to justify it so and plus, it's weird, too, because the, the preacher was thinking he was just healing people out yeah. of the goodness of his heart. He yeah, he's, no the, he's the guy that you also, aside from Layla, feel really bad for because he thinks he's doing this amazing work for God and God's chosen him to heal people mm-hmm. the way that God, you know, chose Peter and Paul and people that Jesus, you know, hung out with. He felt like them. Like, I've been chosen to save people by God. And you feel so bad for him because his wife's actually doing this terrible black sacrament Mm -hmm. and killing people that she thinks is immoral. 
unbeknownst to him at mm-hmm. all. So that's it's interesting, man, because I mean not gonna lie, if that's like that uh movie, like the button the button movie, like mm-hmm. the button you get like, you know, whatever millions of dollars, but you don't know who that is or somebody you know, somewhere dies. If it hits closer to home, even like this episode, like you know, if your mom or my mom was dying of some sort of cancer and we're like, well, we had the power to change it, but we had to sacrifice somebody like I would I wouldn't be I don't want to lie and be like I would, you know, uh, I would never sacrifice somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, that thought would go through your head. Absolutely. If you had the choice and be like, well, it's my mother, especially if there's a high percentage that you don't know who's who, who's dying. You've yeah. never met him. You don't know who they are. But then questions your morality. It's like, mm-hmm. then you're no better than anybody else that's taken life, you know, which I feel like our boy, it just gives our, us a, a very solid foundation to where our boys are. Like, mm-hmm. There's no life that's worth sacrificing for something because mm-hmm. in Scarecrow episode and this episode, we know their very stone clad foundation of we don't sacrifice life. Mm-hmm. at all absolutely biggest takeaways for me is you know just the like we talked about the faith faith is a powerful thing one side mm-hmm. of the pendulum or the other it's it's a very powerful thing even with the scarecrow episode you have to believe in the, even down in a lot of the seasons you have to believe that god or believe in that thing to make it happen or make it exist or make it you know the way it is so faith plays a very powerful part going forward in the like continual seasons i feel like number two is sam and dean will do anything for each other so even like a a misstep in you know the the taser and dean's heart you know pretty mm-hmm. much is on the brink of nothing we're willing to do pretty much anything to save each other and that's absolutely that's be a thing throughout the entire franchise. <laughs> the entire franchise. Yeah. They they are willing to do absolutely anything for each other. Mm-hmm. And then the third, I've got I always do three. I don't know why, but the third is we can't play God. It's that's something that it's hard to learn, especially for a lot of people in this like show that holds power. You can't control everything, especially when. I mean, not really spoilers if you're a fan, but like when Cass comes into play, he always tries to be the perfect, like God type figure or whoever, you know, it is at the time. It, it's tough to, to be perfect, but we're not supposed to be perfect. No, it's exactly. just not going to be that way. Absolutely. Got a little trivia here. Trivia. At the start of the episode, when Dean's lying in the hospital bed, he complains to Sam about how much daytime TV sucks. Well, considering he got his career started in Days of Our Lives on daytime TV, yep. it's a funny joke that he threw in there. <laughs> this Just is work and everything. Eric Kripke's favorite episode in season one. Really? Mm-hmm. Dang. And it's so early. Good. It's, well, the... Right off the bat, we were talking about just action. So it gives mm-hmm. you that feel of like you said, it's like an ending of a typical episode. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a very, you know, high spike. And then the rest of it is very, like I was saying 
kind of mind teasing. So you're just kind of like, where is this going to? Who's actually doing it? And then we get the introduction of the Reapers, the uh, the binding of that, and then like the. I feel like we always get like cool little spells or like cool mm-hmm. little, uh, incantations of like what happens like this one was a sacrifice for a sacrifice, a life for a life. A scarecrow was like, we had to do sacrifices to, you know, appease this God to get what we wanted. So it's a very cool, like you're just learning a lot about like spells and like mm-hmm. how your, your gods work. And I mean, it's just fun. It's fun to learn all this like first season stuff. Uh, so Sam uses a fake credit card issued in the name of David Berkowitz. David Berkowitz is also a name of a famous serial killer known as the son of Sam. Mm. Uh, or he also was called the 44 caliber caliber killer. And later on in the show, it is said that Sam is a, a fanatic about true crime genre. So, <laughs> um, and the facts that he's he knows all these facts about serial killers and so it's just a little thing Kripke threw in there like sam's got us probably an unhealthy obsession with serial killers because a lot of his aliases are serial killers he knows <laughs> all about serial killers there's an episode in season two coming up uh that we'll discuss where he knows all about this serial killer when he just hears the the uh his actual real name he's like oh, i know who that is <laughs> so they've they've slowly throughout the seasons, Kripke kept adding in like Sam's kind of got an unhealthy obsession with serial killers. He has a lot of knowledge about it. Um, this episode uh, put up while they were filming with a lot of rain. They had to film through a lot of rain, and it was uh, they had some bad weather. So in the tent scenes, a lot of those cars in that really extremely muddy parking lot had mm. to. Uh, be towed out because they were they were actually stuck in the mud when they were done with that area they had to call in tow trucks to come get these trucks out of the mud because it rained so bad that's funny for that outdoor scene um i've I've noticed um that the netflix versions of supernatural when Mm -hmm. they were like transcribed to netflix due to copyright reasons certain songs are replaced with what was actually played live on CW and one song that was replaced that Netflix didn't get the rights to play in their version that was in the original version was don't fear the reaper by blue oyster cult. Oh man. So it's cut out of the Netflix version. That's just like uh, a Spider-Man in the MCU. It's like Mm -hmm. just things that you don't know about behind the scenes. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, why don't we have this or why? Cause I I remember watching or, I'd forgotten about this episode when Jordan showed me his DVDs of it because mm-hmm. it's on the DVD, Blue Oyster Cult's on the DVD. And I, when I was going back through it, when we started the show and I got to this episode, I was like, how do you not play Blue Oyster Cult in this episode? It's all about a Reaper. Like, why is Don't Fear the Reaper not in this episode? Like, who would, who would make that mistake? And when I read this fact, I was like, oh, red tape. That's why. <laughs> The red tape we can't get through. I know. Darn it. Um, this is the first and only time Sam and Dean meet a raw head. We talked about a little earlier. Uh, and that's just because yeah. Dean calls it the raw head. 
it's not its actual name. Its traits apparently it kidnaps and eats small children and can only be killed by 100,000 volts of electricity. That's all we know of it. <laughs> We've already touched base on that. but Maybe a little too much. <laughs> maybe a little too much. Uh, Julia Benz, who played Layla, we talked about her being in uh, Dexter. Mm-hmm. She is also Darla on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. A show that Supernatural is often compared to. She's uh, definitely like the, uh, I wouldn't say helpless, but like the, uh, mm-hmm. maybe the beaten down type blondie in a lot of these horror type yes. genres. Mm-hmm. Because she's not in Buffy. She's not the strong character like Buffy yeah. is. Um, and she's actually the first Buffy star to show up in Supernatural, but she is definitely not the last. <laughs> After her, we, we started seeing a trend of Buffy and X-Files characters, actors and actresses coming to Supernatural. Jillian Barber, who plays Layla's mother, also appeared in four-episode story arc of the X-Files. Nice. A lot of X-Files. Yes, yes. And the uh, death toll, I did not do it in Scarecrow, but the death toll in Scarecrow was five. And the death toll in this is four, I believe. Yes, four. Yep. Mm -hmm. The two who had their lives swapped, the old woman... And the gentleman in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. So four. Now that's your your unknown facts. I've been finding more and more. I have a lot more in these past two episodes that we just did than I have had in any of the other episodes because I just kept finding <laughs> more unknown stuff. I remember the uh, the line. It's uh, put the fear of God in you. I'm gonna the, put the fear of God in you. Yeah, and Dean comes back and he's like, "Hey." You gonna put that fear of God in me? And then that's how he gets the <laughs> yeah he distracts the, him. Yeah, I was thinking like, what is that line? It's something something to do with God. Something about fear and God. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think those were really strong episodes back to back. Absolutely. Uh, so I'd say that's a wrap on these two. Mm-hmm. On Scarecrow and Faith. Delivered quality uh, story arc with Papa Winchester, the boys and their their not just their anger, uh, but also their morals. Mm-hmm. Uh, in both episodes, like we said, delivered a moral conundrum for the fans. Like, ooh, you know, what would you do mm-hmm. if you were in that situation? Would you be fine with a life being traded if your mother was healed? Where do you hold life? Mm. And how much faith do you have? Mm. They bring faith back in a later season four episode, but uh, which I'll probably talk more on about it. It's the funny thing about faith is, you know, people say they have it in Mm. different religions, but like, I think it was in that book turned movie where the boy dies and sees Jesus Mm -hmm. and comes back saying, this is what he looks like. He's not white with blue eyes. This is he's Middle Eastern. He's, you know, and this is how it felt. And this is what he looked like. And people were like questioning it and all that. And the mom, the dad was finally just like, look, I preach at my church to have faith. Mm-hmm. 
But when that moment of being able to use that faith comes, why do we question? We say we have faith until the moment arises for us to use it. And you see a lot of that in this episode. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you're faced with the situation? Face to face. Ugly face. Mm. Ugly reaper face. That's how you uh, measure your quality of self, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which we got two strong uh, main characters here, I think, morally. Yes. And uh, definitely just with each other within the family, which it just keeps on building, you know, how strong they are together, mm-hmm. which they probably have more faith in each other than any entity out there. Absolutely. Well, these are two good episodes, man. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, wayward nerds out there, have any other unknown facts that we have not mentioned or have something to say about these two episodes, you can email the show at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. We will talk about it at a later episode if you email us. Thank you in advance if you do. Uh, if you have comments, questions, concerns about e- any of the episodes we've talked about, independent thoughts, if you liked them, disliked them, why, let us know. We'd love to talk about that. We want to know what y'all are thinking. Well, thank you for tuning in, guys. Rev, any last words for these two? No, I'm ready to move along, man. We've uh, knocked these out, good episodes, and I'm ready to get into some juicy story next week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I Absolutely. think we're uh, going into Route 66 and Nightmare. It's on the Route 666. The old 666. Did I say 66? Yes, 666. Route 666 and Nightmare. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Rev, I will catch you later down the road so far, brother. Always. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And cheers to you, nerds.